So I, I know you've got a lot going on. But remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. Hello, everyone. Happy Wednesday, you guys. I hope you all are having a great week so far. If you're new here, hi, my name is Savannah, and I'm your host of Killer Instinct. Before we get started, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode we post weekly here every single Wednesday, and you're not going to want to miss it. All right, you guys, today, today's case is insanely mind-blowing. It's a really hard one to wrap your head around. It is a twisted roller coaster. So I hope you guys are ready for a crazy one today. Now, this case really starts out in the year 2012 with a man named Tim McNamara, who went by the name Mac, which is what we'll be referring to him as throughout the entirety of this case. Now, Mac throughout his entire life has owned an apple orchard farm in Soap Lake, Washington. And in Soap Lake, Washington, the McNamara family was a well-known family and certainly still is to this day. Soap Lake at the time was a small town with about 2,000 people in it. And because of that, the McNamaras were pretty well known throughout it before any of this had even happened. And they were a really well-liked family. At the time, the family consisted of Mac McNamara, as well as his wife, Vicky, and their two children, Caleb and Jennifer. All in all, they were known as a very well-rounded family. Like I said, they were well-liked. Mac had his apple orchard, which he absolutely loved. That orchard was his pride and joy, and he loved the idea of it being the McNamara apple orchard. It was this whole thing, and he was really proud of what he had created. However, in the year 2012, Mac and Vicky decided to get a divorce, and this would be Mac's third divorce. He had been married two times prior to this. And this is when a woman named Tracy Nestle comes into the picture. Now, for the first 17 years of Tracy's life, she also lived in Soap Lake, Washington. However, she did not come up in the best family. She was basically rejected by her father from being his daughter at all. And this was really hard for Tracy. She said it kind of gave her an identity crisis because she never felt a sense of belonging anywhere. And after the age of 17, she packed up her bags and moved to North Carolina, where she started her own family and had a daughter of her own. Now, while Tracy was growing up in Soap Lake, like I said, this was a very tight-knit community, so Tracy always knew of the McNamara family. 
and was very intrigued by them. She said that she always wanted to be a part of their family. They looked like a family that had everything put together. They were a loving family unit, and that was something that Tracy really lacked growing up. So it was something that she definitely was envious of that the McNamara family had, and she wanted that. Now, while living in North Carolina, Tracy actually received a wedding invitation in the mail one day, and this wedding invitation was for Mac McNamara's daughter, Jennifer. Jennifer was getting married, and Mac McNamara sent Tracy a wedding invitation, which she ended up attending. This again was a small town, everyone kind of knew everyone in it, and Tracy got an invite to the wedding. Now, Tracy attended the wedding and said that when she saw Mac at this wedding, she instantly felt a connection, and she said that he felt those exact same feelings for her as well. However, at this time, Mac was going through his third divorce being finalized, and like I said, Tracy was still in a relationship and had her daughter, so this was not the time for the two of them to get together. However, after leaving this wedding, Tracy knew that she did not want to be in her current relationship anymore because she wanted to pursue something with Mac. So when she ended up going home from this wedding, she broke up with her boyfriend And at that point, Mac's divorce was basically finalized and Mac and Tracy began a relationship. Now, this was in 2012 and Tracy was 44 years old at the time and Mac was 66 years old. Tracy said about their relationship, quote, it just fit, fit like a glove. It was magical end quote. She described their relationship as being a soulful connection and a spiritual connection. But here's the catch in all of this. Mac McNamara is actually Tracy's biological uncle. Yeah, you heard that right. Let me repeat that. Mac was Tracy's biological uncle, and Tracy and Mac were both very aware of this fact. Mac's brother was Tracy's father, and like I said, Tracy's father rejected her as his daughter, thinking that Tracy was not his to begin with. So because of that, Tracy never had a close relationship to that side of her family, or any relationship at all for that matter. Which is why Tracy defends this by saying, quote, I don't know him as my uncle. I didn't know the McNamara's very much. He was the man I fell in love with. Our souls connected, end quote. So Mac is dating his biological niece. He starts a relationship with his biological niece and his family is not happy with it, obviously, as to be expected. They were incredibly shocked and disappointed by this and didn't know how to take it. And you can't really blame them for that. This does not happen very often. And they were very concerned for Mac at first and they became even more concerned when after just a few months of dating, Mac put all of his property in Tracy's name. This included Mac's house, his two pieces of land that he owned, as well as his entire apple orchard. He transferred all of those pieces of property into Tracy's name. And Mac's attorney said that the reason that he did that was because Mac was worried that his children were going to try and sell the apple orchard. And like I said in the beginning, Mac 
loved this apple orchard and loved the idea of it being the McNamara family apple orchard. And he wanted to keep it the way it was. So that's why he transferred it all into Tracy's name because he knew that Tracy would never sell it and blindside him by that. Now, like I said, once word got out that Mac was dating his biological niece, the town of Soap Lake was not accepting of it whatsoever. When this got out, it created and resulted in a lot of gossip and a lot of people talking about it, as you can imagine. And it also caused a lot of friction, like I said, between their immediate families. Mac and his kids stopped speaking to each other, especially once Mac ended up transferring all of his property into Tracy's name. And Tracy's daughter was also not allowed to see her mother anymore because of this. So because of the really harsh backlash that both Mac and Tracy were receiving, they decided they did not want to be in Soap Lake anymore. And they wanted to go somewhere where they weren't going to be judged. So they decided to pack up everything and in early 2013, they moved to Belize. If you don't know where Belize is, Belize is a country in Central America, and it is on the eastern coast of Central America, and that is where Mac and Tracy moved to to get as far away from Soap Lake and as far away from the judgment as possible. Now, once they got to Belize, Mac and Tracy purchased a 50-acre farm north of Belize City with plans to open a bed and breakfast on this 50-acre plot of land, and that plot of land was also put in Tracy's name. And after about a year of living in Belize, Tracy and Mac had a wedding ceremony. Tracy said it was Mac's idea to get married and said that Mac wanted to have Tracy have the last name McNamara. Now in 2014, Mac ended up rewriting his entire will. And in his will, he stated that he wanted all of his property and life insurance to be handed over to Tracy. A direct quote is, quote, when I die, I wish to leave all I own to my life partner, Tracy Nessel McNamara. All life insurance and personal property and real estate I leave to her. End quote. Now, in terms of financially, let's talk about Mac and Tracy's financial situation. In 2014, Mac and Tracy were struggling. Tracy did not have a job and was fully relying on Mac for all of the financial support. And in 2014, Mac and Tracy had basically about a week to get their bed and breakfast up and running before they had to shut everything down and were going to be completely broke. They were illegally logging money on their bed and breakfast before that. So because of this, Mac's children heard that he was in financial trouble and they started reaching back out to him via email, talking to him about the fact that they believed that he should sell his apple orchard, which was worth at that point anywhere from $1.5 to $2 million in order to relieve their financial troubles. However, Mac did not want to hear any of it. Now, selling the orchard would have tremendously helped Mac and Tracy financially. Like I said, it was worth $1.5 to $2 million, and it just would have completely alleviated that financial stress that was on them. However, Mac was not even willing to consider selling the apple orchard. He was incredibly invested into this apple orchard, as I'm sure you can already tell. And even though he was struggling financially, he still wasn't willing to sell it. It. 
Now, in these emails that were being passed back and forth between Mac's kids and Mac, there was actually something else that was being said to Mac at this time. In these emails, Mac was also being accused by his granddaughter of molesting her when she was a little girl. Now, according to Tracy, these accusations from Mac's granddaughter came as a complete shock to Mac, and they were extremely upsetting to him. In these emails, Mac's granddaughter basically called Mac out for abandoning his family for Tracy, as well as for molesting her when she was little. Now, Mac and his granddaughter ended up exchanging some emails back and forth to each other where he told her that the accusations against him never took place and he never molested her. And she disputed that and went on to tell him that his decision in picking Tracy over his family immensely hurt everyone. Now, in terms of these accusations ever getting resolved, there was no real resolution that came from this. And after these emails were exchanged back and forth, nothing was really said about the molestation of Mac's granddaughter. But let's move on to talk about Christmas Day, December 25th, 2014. Now on this particular day, Mac and Tracy worked on their bed and breakfast property and then they went back home. Now while they were at home, Tracy was doing the dishes and cooking dinner and this is when she remembers hearing a loud gunshot out of nowhere. Now Tracy said that hearing gunshots was not completely uncommon because she said Mac would often go outside to the front porch and fire his gun that he had to scare off any animals that would come near their house. It was basically a scare tactic to keep the animals away. So because of that, Tracy did not go out and check to see what was going on or to check on Mac right away. There was no real urgency to go make sure that everything was all right. Now, after a while, Tracy finally decided to go outside, and when she did is when she discovered Mac laying on his side with a gunshot wound to the back of his head. Okay, we're gonna take a short break, but we will be right back with more of the Killer Instinct podcast. Imagine an app designed to make you use it less. Seems a little counterproductive, right? Well, Apartments.com's Instant Alert feature works exactly that way. Instead of scanning rental listings a million times a day, simply set and forget your search to whatever you're looking for in a place and let Apartments.com do the rest. From pet-friendly apartments to balconies to in-unit ACs, Apartments.com's powerful search tools let you know when the perfect combination of features you're seeking is listed. So you don't have to power through rental descriptions one by one. With more rental listings than anywhere else, Apartments Apartments.com's instant alerts mean that you can spend less time looking for the perfect place and more time on just doing you. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. All right, you guys, welcome back. Now, when Tracy went outside, she said at first she thought Mac was playing a joke on her, considering there was no blood anywhere. So she went over to him and started telling him to get up, that this wasn't a funny joke, that the joke's old, to get over it and to get up. And Mac was not 
moving. And when Tracy realized that this was not a joke is when she said she began screaming. Tracy said that she continuously screamed and doesn't remember when she stopped screaming. She just kept screaming, Mac, wake up, Mac, wake up, Mac, wake up. However, weirdly enough, Tracy didn't end up contacting the authorities until three hours after the shooting. Three whole hours. Now, Tracy at first said that the reason that she didn't call the police sooner is because, quote, I didn't think about it. I didn't know, end quote. And what she meant by this was that she said that she was in a different country. She didn't know how the police system worked or how to call 911. They did have a landline in the house. However, she still didn't think to call 911. Now, during those three hours, Tracy said that she got on the floor with Mac while he was dying and covered them both up with a blanket and laid there with him. Now, by the time paramedics finally arrived around three hours later, it was too late, and Mac passed away in the hospital at about 11.30 p.m. on Christmas, which was about five and a half hours after he had been shot. Now, while Tracy was at the hospital with Mac, she ended up getting in contact with Mac's son, Caleb, to let him know the news about his father. Now, when Caleb first found out about the shooting, he asked Tracy if his dad tried to kill himself, to which Tracy replied, I don't know why he would do that. But that was the general consensus at this time, was that Mac committed suicide. But Tracy said she couldn't wrap her head around the fact of why Mac would ever do something like that. Now, Caleb continued to ask questions regarding exactly what happened to Tracy. He asked if his father fell down the stairs or if anyone was out there with him, but Tracy had no answers to give Caleb. All she said in an interview after the fact was, quote, I know it wasn't me end quote. Now, after talking to Tracy, Caleb ended up booking the first flight out to Belize to help identify Mac's body with the authorities. Now, the following day, Tracy was taken into the police department to answer some questions with the authorities and to also discuss Mac's death, obviously. And that is when she told the authorities that she believes Mac took his own life due to his financial troubles, as well as his problems with his family and the recent molestation accusations that were against him. It's also important to note that the day of Mac's death, he wrote a final email to his son. Caleb and said, quote, I've loved being your dad, end quote, loved being past tense, which could indicate that he was planning to take his own life. Now, after speaking with Tracy, authorities also wanted to talk with Caleb. And after speaking with him, Caleb told Tracy that based off of his conversation with authorities, it would be best for her if she left Belize immediately, which was what she did. And she ended up getting a flight right back to Soap Lake, Washington. Now, two weeks after Tracy he arrived in Soap Lake is when the forensic reports of Mac's death were released, and this was shocking. 
Once the forensic reports were released, Tracy was officially named a suspect in her husband slash uncle's murder. The reports claimed that there was blood spatter on Tracy's shirt, which could indicate that Tracy was the one who fired the gun, and that is how the blood got on her shirt. The reports also claimed that there was no blood spatter or gun residue on Max's hands, and even more than that, it came back claiming that the person holding the firearm that shot Mac had to have been shorter than him based off of where the bullet was found. The reports strictly state, quote, he was not the one who fired the shot causing the wound, end quote. However, according to Tracy's attorney, he claims that the blood on Tracy's clothes was not blood spatter, but actually was just blood transferred from her going to check on Mac. And along with that, he claims the reason that there was no blood on Mac was because he was sitting out in the pouring rain for three hours before anyone came to get him. So there obviously would be no blood on him because it all would have washed away. Now, according to the McNamara family lawyer, Tracy murdered Mac with motivation of money behind it. There were two life insurance policies for Mac that were worth about a half a million dollars that were both put in Tracy's name, and that is why the McNamara family believes that Tracy murdered Mac. Now, to make matters even more twisted in this, After Mac's death, Tracy's own mother came forward and said that another possible motive here could have been the rage from Tracy over the fact that Mac molested Tracy when she was a young girl. Now, let me explain. Mind you, again, Tracy and Mac have a 22-year age difference. However, Tracy says she has absolutely no recollection of this ever happening, nor does she believe it. However, obviously, that along with the allegations against him from his granddaughter don't necessarily make him look the best in this situation. Now, the McNamara family lawyer completely denies this and says that the accusations against Mac are not true. So why would Tracy's mom say that Mac molested Tracy, and how would he have even ever had the opportunity to do so? Well, Tracy's mother also had a relationship with Mac when Tracy was a young girl. So Tracy's mom dated Mac, and then Tracy went on to date Mac. And Tracy's mom dated Mac and his brother, who was Tracy's father. Now, Tracy says she doesn't know what the extent of the relationship with her mother and Mac was, and all she knows is that it happened when they were a lot younger. Now, when asked if she is absolutely sure that Mac didn't molest her as a child, Tracy's response was, quote, I don't absolutely know anything, whether he did or didn't, end quote. Now, Tracy's attorney said that while he doesn't want to believe that Mac would molest Tracy, he says he believes that Tracy's mom is a very, very wise woman and that, quote, mothers know more than daughters, end quote. So I think that's a pretty telling statement right there. However, put aside the fact that it is so beyond strange and this whole twisted, incestual web of Tracy's mom dating Mac, then Tracy dating Mac. Does Tracy's mom have motive to lie in this? 
Yes, she could have been upset over the fact that the McNamara family basically shunned her and her daughter after not believing that Tracy was a part of their family. Could she have held a grudge and decided to make up this lie because she found an in and decided to take it? Yes, that's very possible. In this case, it just seems like nothing can be thrown off the table just because the most bizarre things seem to happen. And this is where we get to the even more twisted part of this case. It does not end there. Let's talk about the night that Caleb, Mac's son, flew into Belize after hearing about his father's death. Now, when Caleb arrived to Belize, he stayed with Tracy at what was Tracy and Mac's house. Now, let me just remind you, not only is Tracy Caleb's first cousin, she is also his stepmother. So that's the whole family tree situation you have right there. And the night that Caleb stayed at Tracy and Mac's house, him and Tracy slept together. Now, Caleb denies this interaction and his attorney says that this is Tracy's way of just saying whatever it is that she wants because she's a pathological liar. However, Tracy claims that this 100% happened and that the two of them were involved. She said that the two of them took a shower together that night and she also said that this was not the first time that her and Caleb were involved. According to Tracy, her and Caleb had a sexual relationship beginning back in 1999, all the way up to 2012 when Tracy started dating Mac. Tracy said that her and Caleb would see each other over the summers when Tracy would go and visit Soap Lake and they would get together then and then they wouldn't really talk for the rest of the year but it was one of those summer flings every summer for about 13 years. Tracy said that Mac was aware of the relationship that Tracy had with Caleb before they got together and Tracy said that Mac would have nightmares about it and that it haunted him. Now, even though Caleb denies the sleeping with Tracy when he flew out to Belize the night of his father's death, he has not denied the previous sexual relationship that the two of them had. And mind you, again, this is Tracy's first cousin. It just it, it would still be odd if this was just her stepson. That would still be strange. However, this is her first cousin and her stepson that she is allegedly sleeping with the night of her husband's death. Now let's shift gears for a second because it was after Mac died that it came clear that Mac and Tracy were actually never legally married because in Belize, you cannot legally marry someone with one degree separation of relation. So basically, they were too closely related to be able to actually marry each other legally. Now, regardless of whatever you believe happened to Mac, if it was suicide or homicide, Tracy has never been arrested nor charged for this. She is currently in Soap Lake, Washington, and she is not allowed to travel. She has never been charged with this, like I said, but the McNamara side of the family believes that Tracy seduced Mac for his money got him to transfer everything over into her name, and then murdered him in cold blood. 
Tracy, on the other hand, denies all of this, says that none of it is true and that Mac committed suicide after their financial and family problems that they were struggling with. Where I stand on this case is I just can't fully believe Tracy's story. If you watch interviews of her, which I highly recommend, it is just too much of an act. There's too much of a show. You can see it in her eyes that something is not right, more so than just dating her uncle. It goes beyond the just dating her uncle part. I personally believe that she was involved in this. However, based off of all of the things that I've read and all of the research that I've done and all of the things that I've shared with you, I don't think it would be super far-fetched to believe that Mac would commit suicide. However, everyone who's known Mac said that he has never talked about ending his life. He never seemed depressed. He was never giving off any signs that that was something that he would do. However, there's also been people who have never shown signs and have taken their own lives. We've seen that before. However, because Tracy is in this situation, it does seem like she could have been involved. I do lean more on the side that she was involved in this, especially after, let's say, the allegations of sleeping with Caleb were true. Personally, I don't see what she gains from lying from that. What does she gain by lying about the fact that she slept with her boyfriend? Because I guess she wasn't legally married. However, it's also her uncle's son, her first cousin, what does she gain by lying about that interaction? If anything, it just makes her look more guilty because it makes her look more heartless because why on earth would you be sleeping with your husband's son the night of his death? It just all looks really bizarre, but I cannot wait to hear what you guys have to say about this one. I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts and I cannot wait to hear them. So make sure you email me at killerinstinctpodcast at gmail.com. You can also DM me on Instagram, which is just at killerinstinctpodcast. And with that being said, you guys, that is all for me today. Again, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode. We post weekly here every single Wednesday and you're not going to want to miss it. I will be back next week with a brand new case. And until then, stay safe, guys. So I I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7.